Gary. How are you? Good. How are you? Super duper well. Cool. Thank you for taking the time. I'm uh, I'm glad we could do this. I am too, my friend. Yeah, no, totally. Very excited to talk to you. And uh, also, it's been awesome to, to see you on Anchor lately, engaging with your audience and hearing your, your quick voice thoughts. So uh, hope you've been enjoying that. Um, I have. Also, I have. I really I love a lot of your updates. Thank you. Thank you. Also, uh, I've been watching, I've been very dedicated to watching Planet of the App, uh, which is great. I appreciate and, it. Yeah, of course. It's fantastic. For for the people listening who will listen to this later, if you haven't watched it yet, I, I highly, highly recommend checking it out on Apple Music. What's that, what's that been like? I mean, what, what is it like, you know, being on this, this, you know, this full yeah. TV show? I mean, I, look, I think because it's on Apple Music and it's the first show, it's not like it's Netflix or, or networks. I think, uh, you know, it's been fun to watch, like, people try to discover it. There's a lot of people watching it, which is amazing. It's Apple getting featured in all those places. I mean, look, man, it's a, it's a show that has three A-list celebrities and me on it. It's funny. It's like, it's been, uh, it's like more fun to talk to my mom about it than I think anything else has happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's, you That's know, awesome. when, you're, when, you're, when you're a little, when you're a little immigrant from, uh, from Belarus to get to the place where you've got billboards in Times Square with, Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Like, you know, it's kind of funny, I guess is the best way to put it. It's amazing. Cool. Well, listen, yeah. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I, I have a couple of quick questions, you know, unless unless there's anything else you want to talk about before we jump yeah. into it. I'll just get right into it. It's rocking well. Yeah. Cool. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is is being a CEO. So I'm I'm the CEO of Anchor. This is the first company I've started. Um, it's been an awesome journey the past couple of years doing it. And you know, I get asked from friends and you know other people in tech and things like that. Hey, you know, what's it like starting a company? What's it like being a CEO? What's the hardest thing you know you, you the hardest thing you've had to deal with going transitioning from not being a founder CEO to being a founder CEO? And you know, I would love to ask you the same thing. Like when you started your first company. What what did yeah. you find to be the most challenging thing or the most difficult thing you well, wish somebody had told you about? I hate that I hate that I don't think I'm gonna bring as much value to this first question to everybody listening because <laughs> I am such a purebred entrepreneur. Like the more and more I learn this game, the more I'm like, Oh, like I'm that you know, the cook in France right now who was cooking with his grandma when he was two or you know, like the athlete, like Larry Bird, who was taking free throws 40,000 times a day when he was nine. I, you know, I started my first company when I was in sixth grade. That became right. meaningful. It was a base, right. You know, I was making three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a weekend as a baseball card owner. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who never created a business that does, you know, $250,000 a year in revenue, right? So I, um, you know, I... I don't know anything else, man. Right. Do you know what That's I mean? You know. Like, like, yeah. like, what's the, what's the, it's, what's the best and the worst part of being a CEO, which is everything's on you, the ups and the downs. Let's use Anchor from afar. We don't know each other that well, but I followed Anchor very closely from the beginning. You know, you came out the gate and then there's that two to three weeks when everybody was on your nuts, right? Like you were going to be this thing. And like, it was exciting and it was the first time you did this and you're like, oh man, what the hell am I dealing with? Like <laughs> Gary B is like talking about it. All these people are talking about it. Like VCs are coming at me. We have people I looked up to in tech care about me are on the platform. And then for everybody who's listening, tell them what's happened over the last 12 to 15 months. You had that high and then the low comes and you're, and you're trying to build the product and, and the articles aren't being written about it and you actually have to operate and you actually have to build something successful. And, uh, and there's a lot of, competition and there's the other flavors of the week right so like the loneliness of that is real absolutely and yeah so no like, I, know, I, I totally one, agree one day 
I, I assume from afar, you know, one week you're like, oh my God, I'm the next, you know, Instagram. And then like a week later, the market doesn't care. And, and that's what entrepreneurs have to deal with. Like everybody's excited when they start their company. What happens a month later? Absolutely. And, and I think that for me, like that, you're right. That is something that I went through for the first time and sort of had to learn and sort of had to, how to adapt and how to navigate. And I'll tell you what, it's been, it's been an amazing learning experience, right? Figuring out how to actually 100%. grow, how to actually grow and how to actually sustain and build products and build features that drive value over time. Uh, because you can't, you can't survive off of a launch off, off of a splashy launch, right? Um, you have to you build know, a product no, that people no, come back there's to There's no day. influencer. There's no influencer that's going to give you a shout out or, or recode or Wall Street Journal or Vox or, TechCrunch saying that you're the next big thing that's going to mean anything at the end of the day. It doesn't totally. matter how you're, it doesn't matter how you're, how you're pro- projected to end up. <laughs> you know, like your, 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 you know, your pre-draft analysis means shit. And what it matters is what happens when you hit the field. Right. So I, I think, so first of all, totally agree. And I think that's actually a great answer. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, that I think has been the hardest thing for me that I would love to see or love to learn how you handle because I think this is still relevant. This is probably still relevant to you today just as much you know as it was a while ago or earlier in your career. But as being a first-time founder, first-time CEO, I think one of the big things for me is figuring out how to balance being obsessed with my business and thinking about it literally 24-7 and, and how to be a, a guy that can a spend time being? with his family. Being a human being. Right? Yeah, family. I have a new do- I have a new daughter. You know, I have an eight month old daughter. I have a wife. I have family. You know, like how do you balance those two? And you've been doing it for a while, so I'd love to hear your perspective. You know, first of all, congratulations, baby. It's incredible. My brother uh, eight months. just had eight a baby months. a week. Thank eight you. months. Got it. Still, yeah. congratulations. Uh, you know, so uh, well, first of all, I think the real true unlock on this issue for everybody who's listening is to not judge yourself unfairly. Uh, you know, the only standard you need to be held accountable is to you and your partners and ultimately right. long-term your child. So I don't care what the current politically correct version of work-life balance or balancing the question that you just asked is. It's just, it's, it's got to be yours. It's got to be you and your wife. And, and, and I promise you, your eight-month-old daughter, you know, child, girl or boy? Girl? Girl. Girl. Daughter. Juliet. Yeah. Your eight months, Juliet is not going to remember when she was eight months old. Like now, <laughs> now are there, do I believe like holding her and caught like, do I, yeah, I think there's some things there, but like, look, I didn't know my dad for the first 14 years of my life. And he slept in the same house with me every night of my life. He just worked every minute and we have the greatest relationship. I have more love, compassion, respect for my dad uh, than, than the majority of people on earth. That's just the truth. And so there's no, and then there's other people that spent every minute with their kids and they didn't do the right thing for it at that time or this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I just think this whole notion of like, what's the right thing is ludicrous. I think you need to try to do what feels right to you, then what feels right to your partner. And I'm saying that very carefully. I feel like everybody who's listening has to do what is right for themselves first. Because if you're doing something to appease your in-laws or your partner or the current political correctness system, you will lose. Yeah. Because you'll eventually break down and you'll regret, you know? What human wants to look at their child in 27 years and when they see them, blame them for not following their dreams? Totally agree. The answer to my question is, I try my damnedest. I think about it every day. I obsess over my business every second. I obsess over, am I doing the right thing as a parent, as a father, as a, uh, as a husband, as a brother, as a, as a son, as a human for society? And you let the friction of that ambition play out every day. And 
Some days you win and some days you lose, but you never give a fuck what anybody thinks about your wins or losses. I, I like I like how you boil it down to a day by day thing. I mean, I think there are things that come up in in business all the time that you know is this a big picture thing or is this a day to day sort of micro thing? And I I like the idea of tackling this on day to day. As long as your heart's in the right place and you're doing it for the right reasons, every day you just do the best job you can do to balance both. That's exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. Like my intent on a macro is always in the right spot. I'm trying to build the biggest building in town. I don't try to do it at somebody's expense. I'm trying to maximize my talent. I'm trying to build a team. I'm trying to build great products and services. I've never sold anything I don't believe in. I've never sold anything I don't believe in. You want to know why I have so much energy? Why I'm so pumped? Why I'm so positive? Why I'm so hyped? It's because I believe. It's awesome. So yeah, it the is first, awesome, right? Like, like you, yeah, you know, it's incredible. And I feel the now same that, way. I can feel it from afar. And I, and, <laughs> and what's really interesting to me is I'm now I'm a little bit more mature than this man. I didn't realize there was an alternative. I didn't realize right. people <laughs> sold shit they didn't believe in. I didn't realize that people valued money over legacy and honor. I didn't realize that shit. And right. by the way, that doesn't make me special. That makes my parents special. That makes my circumstance special. When I when I when I talk about all this stuff, it's a it's a nod. It's a tap. It's a hat tip to my parents and to America. You know. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So I don't know if you remember this, but you and I first met. I was actually I actually interviewed at VaynerMedia with you and AJ um, a while back. Yes, a, f- a friend brought me in, uh, Dan Grossman. Yes, and uh, yes. it was early days VaynerMedia. It was I mean, you guys were were definitely established and up and running, but not as big as you are now. And, and by the way, been incredible what you've been able to accomplish with VaynerMedia. I imagine to to make that happen, you have to hire and you have to grow very, very quickly. And I find that hiring is one of the more difficult things to do in business, to do right at least. What would you say is the key to growing quickly, but also making sure you're bringing on great people that not only perform well, but also have a positive impact on your culture, right? You could grow too quickly, but you guys have been great at it. We've been great at it by not being great at it. Meaning it's about the firing, not the hiring. Dan worked out, right? Right. He had a great five and a half year run with us. I literally hung out with him yesterday and no we got Snapchat. That's a great run, right? Like like that, like but 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 the way I felt about Dan when I hired him was the same way I felt about X, Y, and Z that didn't work out. And my responsibility as a CEO was to audit and have the humility to say I was wrong. So many people let people stay in organizations because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. It's ego that doesn't allow them to fire. Right, because it's an admission. They feel it's an admission of fault, of, of, of guilt and on themselves. Correct. And I right. think one of the biggest reasons that I'm a successful entrepreneur is, I, is because I like losing and I like admitting that I'm wrong. Right. And, and you know what it makes you? It makes you unstoppable. It's like eight miles last scene, right? Right. right. I mean, if Eminem is going to make fun of himself the whole time, what the hell is Papadot going to be able to talk about? Right. <laughs> So like for me, for me, I love when people like leave comments like you're wrong, guy. I'm like cool. Like 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 I feel unbeatable because I love my losses as much as I love my wins. So now what? And I think hiring falls unbelievably into that category. I believe people are struggling with this issue far more on their inability to fire either out of insecurity around confrontation, which is something I struggled with early in my career, or and still to some degree do now, or or the one that I actually think is the driver, ego. Ego around that they're so good at hiring and then they're willing to look the other way while somebody's creating cancer or underperforming with their organization. Right. 
And here's the insight, man. It's a, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a really, it's a, you know, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this. I, I know I'm, I, I feel like I'm so right about it. Uh, and I'm really hopeful somebody who's listening right now gets value out of that and realizes it's a flaw on their end and they should address it tomorrow. Right. Cool. Well, listen, so I have a couple, a couple questions from some of the listeners actually called into my station. Sure. But before, before we get sure. to that rapid fire, I have one okay. more question for me. So you've been on Anchor from the very beginning. We talked earlier in the conversation yeah. about some, some of the ups and downs. You've been watching this space. Uh, I think lately you've been super vocal about your support of audio and how you think that yes. has a very bright future. What What is that yes. future? What do you think audio looks like a year from now, five years from now? Like, what, what is this medium going to look like on the Internet? Audio is about to take over. It's going to be the era of audio. It's literally, I, I don't know if it's going to be on the same pedestal that social media is on right now, but it has the potential to be even more significant because it saves time. Because it allows you to multitask. I, I think a hundred percent. Time is the asset. Right. And 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 that's why Uber won. Uber sold time. It was efficiency. Efficiency right. always works. I'm obsessed with audio, bro. In a <laughs> real meaningful way. Like I'm a I'm a, I'm. You know, you're right. I've gotten very very loud, very loud, and uh, and uh, and it's uh, a big deal. You know, it's a huge huge deal. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so a couple quick questions from the the listeners who called. And by the in. way, real quick, is to bring yeah. a little more value because I was a little, I was, I was a little distracted because B Rock. I want to make sure that we were going uh, the right. There is no um, hold on, we're, we're having. Sorry, everybody. I'm trying. Yeah, no worries. We're going no to worries. USC. Oh, awesome. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Let these guys figure it out. Anyway, sorry, everybody listening. Just trying to get to my next talk. Um, <laughs> I voice not only in podcasting at an anchor, I mean. Alexa skills and Google Home, like all things around voice, you know, yeah. all things around voice. Yeah. I mean, I think you see some of the biggest tech companies in the world right now investing millions and millions and millions of dollars into these voice platforms, into this type of content. Um, I think it's a no brainer that there is a shift happening right now, right before our very eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I think everybody's going to wake up and, and do voice stuff, whether listen, whether interact with a, with a skill, uh, you know, in your car for sure, you know, it's unbelievably important. Unbelievable. So, uh, there's a caller named Nick Boyle, um, speaking of audio and he asked, Hey Michael, super pumped that you're going to be interviewing Gary V, um, right here on anchor. Uh, my question that I have for him and you actually is when you were first starting to produce audio content, what was the one hack or tip um, that you learned that completely changed uh, how you produced your content or was a turning point as far as being able to bring more value to your listeners? Thank you and uh, looking forward to the interview. Well, at first, I was, tr you know, the original podcast in 2015 was just a transcription from my YouTube show, Ask Gary V. Mm -hmm. And now even a far majority of it is still transcriptions from my day-to-day. -day. I'm a little bit different. As you know, I've created like a whole media infrastructure around me as a human being, right? For sure. So whether Absolutely. It's from the, you know, uh, and so I may not be the right person to answer this question for him, but I think, you know, again, as, as you heard with my philosophical point of view on hiring, I'm always going to go to the mental landscape on this and so the real answer to this is is self-esteem once you are right. confident 
nothing stops you from doing anything, let alone a podcast. The, you right. know, he's worried, and many are worried about what people are going to think. Is it good? You know, am I, do I sound weird? And I think so much of why I've been a, you know, listen, I think I've been a pretty good pioneer of personal brand or human interaction with technology. If you look carefully, it has to do with self-esteem. It has to do with, I don't care if people are judging me for having a human being following me around with a camera. And then all of a sudden, 18 months later, it's, the, it's not the norm, but it's the emerging norm amongst a group of people. And then it becomes a norm for everybody. People thought it was weird that I had a YouTube show, that that was stupid, that that was beneath people if they aspire to do good content. Like, you know, that's, you know, who cares about what you say on Twitter? All I heard from 2007, 8, and 9 was Twitter's stupid because nobody's going to care what you're eating a pizza or what your thoughts are. This is, you know, people forget. People, thought, people told me the internet was a fad and why would I not open a second liquor store instead of putting all my money into this stupid website? This is forever. You know, this is, it, you know? It's interesting. I if take you it, go I'm back. Say one other thing. I just, yeah, I'm yeah, go before, for Don't forget your thought, but I want to give, I want to tell people how far this goes back. I sold my baseball card collection because I thought baseball cards were going to collapse and I bought toys at Toys R Us when nobody even knew why I was doing that and then collecting action figures became a thing. Like, this has been my whole life. This yeah. is new. And it's all predicated on self-confidence that my mother instilled and that the circumstance of my life instilled. So that's what's holding people back from podcasting. Now tell me what you're going to say because I'm interested. No, I was going to say, I think that confidence that you talk about, it's evident from your, literally your very first YouTube video, the very first uh, wine tasting that you did on YouTube. I remember watching that video and just being like, wow, this guy has never done one of these before. And he's, he's acting like a total pro, like he's done a thousand of them. Like you, you got on yeah, that I mean, camera look, and you were like, yeah. we're doing the show and it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's an insight. And I, and I guess I would rather everybody who's listening right now take a step back and figure out why they're confident, overconfident, underconfident. Uh, you're right, man. Like I did that. For, I, I, you know, you took me back to February 21st, 2006. Cause I can remember today. Like I thought it was going to be a good wine show. I thought yeah. I would do it better than most. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And you know what's funny? I've lost that game. I thought that I could open up a bunch of businesses and be the passive partner in, in Forest with Kyle Bragger or Corpse with Lindsay Rodna or Obsessed TV with Samantha Edis, three incredibly talented, awesome people. All three companies failed because I'm not a good passive partner. I'm either all in or I'm out, right? And so if I'm not right. in, then I'm kind of not in at all, right? Like, and so, and so, you know, you learn. And so I was able to be more transparent when Ben Leventhal and I did Resin, right? Like, I know myself now. Like, like if I became the biggest investor in Anchor's next round, I'd be like, listen, man, I care, but like, kind of, you're going to have to be smart how to use me because it's not even about the economics. It's like either I'm all in or all out. Like, I'm a weird dude. So I think, right. you know, I think, I think uh, you have to know yourself. Self-awareness is the ultimate drug in life, let alone our entrepreneurship. And what's interesting, just to very quickly tie it back to one of your earlier answers, this is, this is kind of with the, with the hiring thing, right? And the firing thing, it comes down to confidence. It comes down to self-awareness and whether or not you're willing to take that ego hit um, and you have the confidence to stand up and admit you made, you made the wrong decision, right? So it's funny how confidence is sort of the thread that, that ties well, all this stuff well, together. Well, that's right. And, and, yeah. and, 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 conf and, confidence, and confidence goes in funny places. Like, we're doing this interview... I would tell you, listen, I love you and I love this platform. That's why I'm doing it. But it's not the biggest interview of my life, right? <laughs> and I got to tell no. you, we're, your, your phone call comes in. I know it's a hidden number because I've been playing with your platform. So I knew it was you. And 
it's so weird what went through my mind, which is I literally, literally just went through my mind. I'm like, I'm about to give the best anchor interview of all time. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you willing, <laughs> you willing to put in that work. Uh, well, this has been I, awesome. You know, it's funny. It's funny. That's, you know what? That was an interesting insight from you. You just said something super interesting to me that I hope everybody paid attention to. I made a very funny kind of narcissistic kind of like hyperbole statement. You interpret it as work. And that's how I interpreted it. Like the fact that you took what I just said and thanks for putting in that work. I think that was super interesting. And I hope everybody caught it because to me, one of the great things of having a big mouth and having big ambition is you suffocate yourself out of excuses. What do you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by I, that? Well, I, I sometimes wonder if I decided to, to, by the New York Jets as a kid as a framework that didn't allow me to take it easy or look for the angles. Like when you, I, I realized I had to really go there, right? Like, like I feel like when you talk shit, you either back it up or you're a real loser, which is why most people don't talk shit. Yeah. People, yeah. People are worried about putting themselves out there and not being able to deliver. So by talking That's a right. lot, <laughs> you just you just increase the output required to actually get you done. Correct. It forces me yeah. to put in the work. Yeah, it's it, a force it, and, function. You know, I and, love it. And, and, and I think what people don't see is it's selfless, not selfish. For me, right. I want you to win. I know if I give you a great piece of content right now, given where the life cycle of your business is, uh, it could be impactful if this goes viral. And that is what excites me. And what I don't think a lot of people know is... Like, I don't do that just when I have financial, you know, real. I don't have any equity in anchor. You know nope. what I mean? Like, like, like I, you know, I'm doing that because I love the game. I love, I love that I feel like you're doing it the right way. I think that you're respecting startup culture and entrepreneurship. And I want to deliver for you on that energy. Well, I appreciate it. I really do. It's been, I mean, this has been great. So I'm glad. Now I got to run to my next place. I love you. See ya. Bye. All right, Gary. Take care. All right, take it. Bye-bye.